guys? We're back for another exciting episode of the Hashtag Wednesday Match Play presented by Eat Sleep Golf. And I get pumped for guests on this show, but tonight I am stoked because we've got a guy that, well, one, he's on an island somewhere far over there in the middle of the ocean, but two, he's a good personal friend of mine. And I've known this guy for a long time, and I've got a couple of personal things that are associated with this that is part, partly why we got him on the show because we wanted to promote something happening at his golf course in Bermuda. Yeah, I said it, Bermuda. He's, like I said, in the middle of the ocean. But tonight's episode of the Hashtag Wednesday Match Play is going to be a hoot. we got a lot of stuff to talk about. We have Paul Adams with us. He's from Turtle Hill Golf Club at Fairmont Southampton in Bermuda. And it's going to be, I've got like 30 questions to ask you. So I can explain what you do as the director of golf there. But I'm just going to give you a second to say hello, introduce yourself, tell us what you do. And Paul, welcome to the Hashtag Wednesday Match Play. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, so should I just go ahead and say what I do at my, give, my job? Yeah, give us the elevator pitch. What do you do? What's your day-to-day? Okay, well, everything on the, the – we're a golf course at the at Fairmont Southampton Hotel, and everything um, on the other side of the road, um, I get to um, to make sure is run in a nice, smooth way. So I um, I manage the golf course, the, the superintendent, uh, and the, um, the the golf operation as a whole. So golf carts, golf shop. Um, it's kind of almost my dream job um, in that I've always wanted to kind of manage um, a golf operation and also the fact that it's so varied. I'm talking from talking to the superintendent one minute um, to accounting the next to ordering merchandise for the golf shop. So... Uh, and now, really, lots of fun running the uh, the Grey Goose World Par 3 Championship. Well, that's going to be a big topic of what we talk about tonight because that event is incredible. And I I just – I am so excited for that event to see it and have seen it over the years. And, I mean, it's a, it's a Par 3 course, right? And it's one of the most, if not the best and highest rated Par 3 course on the planet. And I've seen pictures of this place. It looks – surreal but we're going to talk about all of that tonight and i i'm curious because your your role is director of golf but it sounds like you're a general manager like so do you have a general manager at the club or do you have the role of general manager is that kind of how it works at that property uh yeah i mean it's there, there's um there's a hotel manager and there's a um, a general manager of the of the property um so yeah but i get to to um to run most of it. That's awesome. Um, so, well, I know that uh, JC, JC right over it. Um, he's in Phoenix at Lookout Mountain Golf Club. He's the director of golf, but he serves as the general manager of it. So the, like when you're saying you're overseeing the operations and you're overseeing the, the golf shop and, and all the things that go along the golf carts, et cetera. So it feels like just based on what you were saying, that's kind of a GM role, but different clubs have different, um, have different uh, titles for that. So, now, what yeah. was your journey like getting to where you are today? I mean, you said that sounds like a pretty good job. That's like a good job anywhere, let alone in, in Bermuda on an island where you've got the, the ocean surrounding you. So what was your journey like getting from where you were in as a PGA professional getting to where you are now today? Uh, well, originally I'm from the UK. Um, so I was a, a golf pro in the UK working at different golf clubs. Um, I worked at a... Um, a golf course in central, central London. So literally it was the, the closest place. If you wanted to hit golf balls and see where they went, um, this was the closest to the central London by a good 10 miles. Literally there was nowhere to, to um, uh, play golf or 
hit balls from. So I had the very luxurious situation where, hey, if you want a golf lesson and you want to see where the golf ball goes and then you want to play on a golf course afterwards, um, that was the place to go and the only place to go. So um, it was a driving range and people used to queue up um, in the heyday of golf. I mean, they'd buy their bucket of golf balls and they'd have to wait behind the bay for the person that was waving behind the bay to hit ball to, so they could then go and hit balls. So be like an hour wait on a weekend to be able to hit golf balls. Sounds like top golf. Um, <laughs> it's a bit like top. It was, um, yeah. And, it, and, but people just used to love it and they would queue up and, uh, you, you know, my lesson book would be, uh, would be, um, full from eight in the morning till 10 at night some days. And then some days without even a gap. So I'd be teaching for 11, 12 hours a day, which is, can be hard work. That's crazy. Well, good for you for, for having that. And I bet that teaches you a lot about, you know, the operations and, and to get you to where you are today. Now, are you doing a lot of lessons in your current role? And if not, do you miss that? Kind of what's your lessons it, process look like? Uh, so, so lessons are less now because I, I have a full-time role. So the, the lessons now would be more of a part-time um, situation. We didn't, And we didn't really have anywhere to give lessons apart from down the side of one of the fairways. Um, as you'll see when you get here, we've, I've now created a small practice area. So um, it's four nets, um, a green and a bunker. Um, so that area now allows me to have somewhere to coach. And it's actually worked really well because I have it behind it, um, a row of trees. Um, so Bermuda, like Florida, gets really warm in the summer. Um, and because you can hit these balls in a net behind some trees, it's actually really cool. Um, and I kind of... I kind of knew it was going to be a good spot to put some nets, but it worked out so well this last summer. Um, um, create coaching programs to suit where you're at. So the program I created was a, uh, I call it a mini golf school, uh, which sometimes gets confused because they think it's mini golf, but it's it's idea it's a golf school, but it's a an abbreviated version of it. Um, and if anyone can come up with a better idea than mini golf school, I'd be, I'd, I'd be interested in what that name would be. Um, well, I so like the I word is because we have a, we have a miniature dachshund and we call him mini ween cause he's a wiener dog. And whenever I was in the corporate office, when auction Southern dunes introduced their short course on their, the floor of their driving range, I said, Hey, let's call it hashtag mini dunes because it's auction Southern dunes, small right. course and that stuck. So they used it. So I think mini golf school works. That that's fine. Just I'll know better, and and most people should. And if they get there with the putter in their hands, yes. sorry, that's not what we were talking I had, about. I had one lady that she was concerned about it, um, but everyone else seems to have got it. So that's as long as nine out of ten people get it, you must be on the right angle. Hey, eighty so, twenty, eighty twenty. <laughs> um, so I do a two-hour session, and I take them from zero to being able to actually play on the golf course and play a hole or two. So it's a it's a really nice experience for someone that's a little nervous of playing golf or it's their first time we can literally teach them all the key skills give them their swing do a little chipping a little putting and then play a hole um, and that's worked out really really well and it gets people over that hump of being out to get out on a golf course and the golf course we're at is ideally suited to it that's um, awesome. just one other point you, one other point you said it's a par three course um i try and t try and say well Hang on, it's it's a great golf course. It just so happens all the holes are par threes. Well, and to that point though, like I played a par three course growing up that had par fours on it, and I just right. it had like 
14 par threes, right? And I just, it just, that's the vernacular, right? Like people say that, yeah. but I, I like, and it, and based on what I've seen, the photos that I've seen, the awards this course has won, the event that it holds, like calling it a par three course doesn't really do it justice. I mean, that's not, that's not fair, quite frankly, to even the fact that you've got a golf school there. And you, I mean, it's, it's more than just, you know, a pitch and putt. Like that's, that's what your mind goes to when you say par three course. So I'm going to work on changing that. It's not a par three course. It's a golf course. that just happens to have a lot of par threes. I like that. <laughs> now you mentioned that I'll be there. What they're, what you're talking about there is I'm actually going to be there in Bermuda for the first time after you have been inviting me for like five years, I'm going to Bermuda in the end of February, 1st of March, and I'll be playing in the Greg Goose World Part 3 Championship. So I'm unbelievably excited about this. I've never been to Bermuda. I haven't seen you since you were in Scottsdale. I mean, that's been, what, probably a year and a half, two years ago since I saw yep. you in Scottsdale. And it's just, it's going to be exciting to, to one, get there and just kind of embrace the entire experience. But, you know, you've got a lot of things planned, whether it's playing Mid-Ocean Club or driving around the island. I'm a certified scuba diver, and I don't think I have time to go diving, but I'm going to think about it when I drive by the uh, by the beach. But I'm excited that I'm going to be playing. And that's why I wanted you to come on the uh, on the show before the event, because I wanted to give you an opportunity to promote both what your role is at Turtle Hill and to promote the Grey Goose Part 3. So some of the questions coming up are going to be about that. And it's really exciting to, one, it's good to see you again, and two, to be able to know that I'm going to be seeing you and sharing some time with you here in, in just a few short weeks. So now Turtle Hill is one of the golf courses on the island. There's a bunch more. You've got a Troom property on the island. You've got Mid-Ocean Club. It's a top 100 club. Out of all of those facilities, besides yours, what's your favorite to play? Um, they kind of all offer something a little different, um, which is kind of one of the great things about it. Um, so you're not... Uh, you can't say, well, one is better than the other. Um, they, they're going to offer different elements. So if you look at Port Royal, which is fairly close to Fairmont Southampton, where I play now, because where, where I work at Fairmont Southampton, I probably play there more than any, anywhere else, apart from my home course. Uh, it's a, probably the most challenging golf course. Um, it's the longest course um, by a little bit um, and kind of offers um, kind of a more of a, uh, you have to hit it longer and straighter there. So it's, it's a, a longer driving course and the greens are maybe just a little flatter and there's not, there's not a little bit less strategy involved. Um, Mid-Ocean, which is arguably the best golf course on the island, um, is a little shorter. Um, then requires, there's more dog legs, um, a lot more, more blind holes. This is, um, which then infuriates some people, but that's how Charles Blair McDonald liked it. Um, he wanted people to be surprised um, by um, the way what was going on with the, the you know, where the land went, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, you know, they're, they're offered different things. And then there's Belmont um, and uh, the um, Ocean View. That's awesome. Well, I actually like, I feels like based on what you've said about Mid-Ocean, it's a shot maker's course, right? It's not just ripping driver off of every tee and just hit it, go find it and hit it again. There's some strategy to that. And I like that in a golf course. I like being able to think about where I'm going. And as long as there's GPS or I get some local knowledge from someone in my group, I think that I'll be okay in Mid-Ocean Club. Now, I'm not expecting to go out and shoot like 75 or anything. I just, I'd be excited to break 100 because I've not seen it. And the wind, I've heard the wind is pretty aggressive in Bermuda. Is it like a daily thing? Because that's what I feel like Florida is. Like Southwest Florida, it's windy every day. Is that what it's like in Bermuda? Um, I think we probably get occasionally too wind, windier than you do. 
Um, this last few weeks has been um, pretty pretty relaxed and not too much wind. Uh, one year in the Grey Goose tournament um, on the because uh, we reversed the nine, so number ten, um, it's 140 yards downhill. So without any wind, you could probably get there just about with a nine iron. Yeah, if you, if like you, hit, it, you hit it good. Uh, you know, some and if it's downwind, you know, players hit wedges into it. It was playing into the teeth of about a 40 or 50 mile an hour wind. This guy hits three wood off the tee and everyone's going, oh, that could be too much. And then we watch it go up in the air and we go, that's a good shot. That's good. Oh, I hope it doesn't go over. And it landed 50 yards short. <laughs> and everyone's gone, oh, really? <laughs> oh, my God. So start working on my punch shots is what you're saying. I should start well, working on keeping the ball. With negative loft. Negative oh, loft. my gosh. So who who is eligible to play in this tournament, and where can people that are watching at home go learn more about this event? I've got a, a Facebook page, uh, an Instagram page. Um, so the, the Facebook page is um, Grey Goose World Par 3. Um, Instagram is hashtag World Par 3. Uh, or you can go to fairmont.com and go to Southampton um, in Bermuda, and then there's information from that. Uh, really, the tournament is is a highly unusual tournament, um, probably unknown, in that we are allowing um, all players to play, um, and let, but you just have to be over 21 because of the sponsor, Grey Goose Vodka. Uh, so if you're over 21, you can play. Uh, so last year we had Trish Johnson, who is was on the Ladies European Tour, I think still is on the Ladies European Tour, um, and she competed and she was... Um, leading up to the last nine holes. Um, and then she just dropped it back just very slightly. Last year, we also had Chip Beck uh, playing as well. And again, he was doing really well. And then Barry Lane. So Chip Beck's 60 years old. Barry Lane's mid-50s. Uh, we've got a lady pro that nearly won. Uh, because it's not the uh, the longest, it's a par three course and still very challenging. But every, it means everyone can compete on the same level. Uh, so that's what makes it unique and lots of fun. Well, I'm glad I have a good short game because the way that I was playing on Sunday, I uh, was playing army golf. So I was missing right, left, right, left, and right. So I'm glad that it's not going to be hitting. Well, I might be hitting driver. It sounds like on a couple of these holes, depending on the wind. So what are the distances of these holes? Like what's the shortest hole? What's the longest hole? Kind of what's the average yardage? Like I've looked at the scorecard a little bit that you sent over, but what's kind of, what's the longest, shortest and kind of the average distance of these holes? The the longest hole or the hole that plays the longest is actually the uh, the the course. And I'll talk about it as the course rather than, as I said, we reverse the nines. Uh, so the fourth hole is is very much uphill. Uh, so uh, Rory McIlroy, when he comes to play, uh, he said, hey, I had to hit a six iron and I had to hit that six iron really well. Uh, so I think Rory hits his six iron like 210, 220. Uh, so you can see how long that hole is. And the vast majority of people, it's like a three wood, uh, but it's really uphill. So it's really difficult to get the carry up onto the green. Uh, then the shortest hole is the 11th hole, which is a little downhill. Uh, and normally is around, plays about 110. Um, a little downhill, so it's, it's playing to the kind of 100 yard mark. And sometimes it can be sneaky downwind and there's some really long grass, long, so... It's the classic hole, which you, you're going along, you're really confident, you're going right at the flag, and then you hit it over the back of the green, and it kills your score. Okay, and so be short on that hole. Got it. 
So Charlie Reimer is is kind of the voice of this event this year. Have you met him in the past? Do you know him personally, or is this the first time he's yeah. been involved with this event? Kind of what's that he's, look like? He's been with us for I think six, seven years. Oh, now. no kidding! That's cool. Uh, so been doing it a long time, um, and now he started his Champions Tour uh, career, and I got a little bit. Of, I got a little excited in his first round. He was two under par after four holes. I'm thinking, go Charlie, um, and then he came second last, I think, in the tournament. So. Uh, it went downhill a little bit. Hey, at least he finished because I've seen yes. Tiger Woods finish in dead last place, and I don't want to talk about that because I'm Tiger's biggest fan. But now I'm excited to meet him. That'll be fun to to be able to see him. And I mean, he's obviously there all week, so he's does he play in the event too, or is he just just oh, very much? Yeah, he yeah he plays and and it's you know he says it's his, it's his favorite week of the year. Oh, that's um, awesome. So uh, yeah, he really enjoys it, and you know he can break seventy on this course. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny well maybe maybe if if i play my cards right i can get him on this show later this season to talk about his experience after i'm sure he'd that, love to do that that'd be awesome to have him come on the show he, i've not met him before like i said but i've seen a lot from him and seems like a really nice down-to-earth guy that kind of just you get just one of the good guys right and yeah that's absolutely. exciting absolutely. so the course what's it cost to play if somebody wants to play let's say next tuesday and do hotel guests get a preferred rate uh, so the uh, rack rate from um, in the winter is eighty nine dollars, including the car, um, and then from April one it's ninety nine dollars. Um, and then I've uh, tried to um, create some an interesting pricing strategy in that we used to have uh, a twilight tea time that used to start kind of at three o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, so. It then meant people then wouldn't play till three o'clock. So we'd have we'd be quite busy in the morning, then nothing uh, kind of between twelve and three, and then busy again at three o'clock. Well, I kind of figured, well, what's the point of doing that? So we then drop the price at twelve, and say, hey, if you want to play from twelve o'clock onwards, uh, we'll drop the price down to sixty nine dollars, and you can play at any time. And then it kept the 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 number of people playing fairly even, and we didn't end up with a um, compression at three thirty or whatever time we did the, the twilight time. And that seemed to work quite well in 2017, and it'll be interesting to see how it works in 2018. I've seen this strategy, this pricing. I mean, obviously dynamic pricing, which is not a new concept. It's new to the world of golf, but it's the hotel pricing model, the airline pricing model, where you the further in advance you book and the less busy the golf course is, the lower rate you're going to get, right? Like that makes sense. If I'm playing on Saturday morning at 8 a.m., I should expect to pay more than if I'm playing on Tuesday at, at noon. So that in mind, what's what's your thought process on the new, the new strategy of, you know, you pay for what you play? So let's say you want to play six holes. You want to play three holes. I mean, is that a strategy you've considered? And especially on a course like yours being a resort course, right there at the hotel, would that be a strategy that might make sense for your property? Well, so what we said um, following on from that is that at 12 o'clock, it goes down to $69. And that's that's the discounted afternoon rate. So you play as many holes as you want. Um, you go out there and enjoy it. Um, and if you want to play nine or 18, it's the same price because it's still, a lot of people rent clubs with us as well. So we still have the labor of setting up the golf car uh, setting up the clubs for them and get so we didn't the the and we don't have uh, the, we never really run out of golf course okay whereas some places run out of golf course and so you know that works for them to be able to say um, for instance one of our sister properties a family probably Bamp Springs um, 
they're busy all the way through to later on in the afternoon, um, but then might struggle to fill those later tea times. Uh, for them, that price model might make that makes maybe sense to discount it and say, hang on, why don't you just play nine holes or five holes, uh, et cetera. Um, but for us, it's better to, to say, and it's, our golf course tends to encourage a lot of people that wouldn't ordinarily um, come play golf. And so they, to, to be able to, for them to know, well, hang on. Yeah. I'll just play until I get tired until I've had enough. Um, and then there's, you know, no issue with it whatsoever. So different golf courses, I think will need different models. And um, for us, that seems to have worked really well. Um, but models need to change sometimes. And who knows what, what we'll see when we ana analyze the figures after 2018. So you keep saying golf carts. Now, you obviously have golf carts, but is walking allowed? And do participants walk or ride in the World Part 3? So in, in, the, in the tournament itself, we don't um, give people golf carts uh, unless they're a senior um, and, they, and then they require them. Uh, or you, if, you, you know, if you had a, a medical condition that required that. Uh, and, you know, being a, it, while it's exceptionally hilly and, and fairly challenging to walk, um, it is a, um, it isn't a full size golf course, so you don't really need a car as such. And again, the speed of play seems to be fairly, fairly fluid. Now, Gregus, obviously, they're the sponsor of this event. They have been for many years. What's their involvement like? Are they just their name and logos on it? Or are they there? Are they doing stuff? Whether it's that you know the the opening night party, or do they have you know beverages on the golf course? You know, what's what's Greg Goose's involvement on a day to day basis for this event? So, so Grey Goose is a Bacardi product, and Bacardi is um, based in Bermuda. Uh, so it's one of their family of products. And they've been um, helping out um, at different levels. Their, their help is more at the local level rather than their international uh, level. Um, so it's the, the, the local um, part that's, that's helping out. The, uh, the event on Friday night is based at the Bacardi building, which is one of the most beautiful buildings you'll ever uh, go to. Um, it's got uh, the the view of the Cuba um, skyline on, in set in the roof of one of the hallways. Um, so, cool. so there's some really cool history associated uh, with the company. And it's, as I said, it's a really classy, really cool building uh, with some really nice fountains. Um, so that's the, uh, that's that, then their involvement. And then we'll have, uh, a signature cocktail, um, which I'm sure you'll enjoy. Uh, we've got loquats. I don't if, if you have loquats in Florida, the little orange fruit. Uh, yes, yes. I don't. I we I don't call them that though, unless I'm thinking of something different. Like we just have like a little, like they're like oranges, but they're tiny. If it's well, they're, they're, when they're really ripe, they're orange. Uh, yeah. But otherwise, it's yeah. And they're originally from Japan, but I think they then they came to Bermuda, and then from Bermuda they went to um, Florida, uh, the house I rented at the PGA show had a loquat tree in the front of it. That's awesome. Uh, so they're going to make, and, but the loquats are growing down the sides of a lot of the roads, uh, you'll see. And so there's going to be a, uh, a signature loquat cocktail that we'll have as part of the event, which I'm sure you can, uh, you can try out and see how you like it. Well, I, I haven't quite strategized what I'm going to do from a social media perspective. And I'm thinking, I mean, I'll, I'll be taking pictures by the time I even get up that morning to catch my flight. But I wonder if I, cause I'm really trying to get into Instagram stories. And I, I haven't found kind of the, the need 
for them. And this might be an opportunity to kind of introduce that. But at the same time, I want to make sure I get as much content as I can. I'm thinking also maybe a live blog feed because my blog is, is high traffic of maybe, you know, tracking like my day to day of what's going on. And, and I, I'm going to go all in with, with the social media aspect. So I, uh, I'll be on my phone quite a bit. I'll say that. So if I'm on my phone, know that I'm posting and promoting the, uh, the great Island of Bermuda and this, this championship. And, and I will also say, unfortunately you are not a member of the top button club, but, I, as you can see this evening, and I wore this just for you because I know you're not a member of the elusive Top Button Club, but I I'm will. Sure. <laughs> it's, different with the, it's, it's different with the dress shirt, though, because the shirt you have on now, leave the top button undone unless you have a tie on. Yeah. Golf shirts, though, if I got a golf shirt on, I'm going to have my top button on. And I will, quick story, I, was, I played really bad yesterday um, to the point that I didn't quite finish my round and I was venting to our first assistant golf professional. And he said, I have a, I have a secret for you. If, if you promise you'll do it, I'll tell you. And I was like, yeah, sure. And he's like, unbutton your top button. And I'm like, I break promises. Cause I ain't doing that. Like that ain't happening. Like you will never see this not buttoned. Like if I unbutton it, I feel like I shouldn't even have a shirt on to begin with. Like it's just, it's, it's a thing. So now I saw a video on your Facebook page. Um, you guys experimented with foot golf a little bit. I can see that being really popular where you guys are. So what did you do with that? Are you still doing that? And what kind of reception did you receive when you implemented that? Uh, so I, I started it. It seemed I brought a guy in from uh, California to, to set up the course, which was a really smart move. Um, I didn't realize how smart until he got there because uh, I was going to just stick a flag at the front of the green and let them go have fun with it because that's you know what i would have thought you'd want to do keep people off the greens and they can just kick it and don't put many obstacles in and he's gone no 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 you've got to design the golf course properly so he spent two days solidly deciding where the flags would be um and we re we uh recontoured well not contour but recut the the edges of the greens um to fit those kind of foot golf greens to one side um, because we overseed it, it looks really cool. So, so he then spent two days doing that. Um, then we uh, then sunk the flag, the holes in, um, and we 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 set about. We just kind of opened it up, and we've kind of let it grow organically. Uh, we've done a number of fundraisers, and it seems to have gone quite well. We had uh, thirty or forty people play foot golf over the weekend, um, and for us that's great revenue because it's incremental revenue. There's no real additional cost. Uh, there's, you know, I put a new flag uh, every year on there. And so my foot golf cost is probably $50 a year. Um, and I charge $50, um, including the golf cart, um, for people to go do foot golf. That sounds like a pretty good ROI. <laughs> that's yes. awesome. Yes. Uh, and what, what happens, uh, it, the, the market seems to be more, well, there's, there's two, two very successful groups that really enjoy foot golf. It's your, your younger guy, but not yet young, 25 to 30. Uh, that's, it's his birthday party. Uh, wants to invite his friends out to do something active. Um, so we sell beer out of the golf shop. Uh, so they buy a few beers, they go and do some foot golf. And then we've actually turned the upstairs restaurant into a sports bar as well. So they really enjoy doing a bit of foot golf and then having a few beers. So it's more of a, a situation where it's a, it's a bit of entertainment to, to 
before they go out drinking. Kind of drink beer before they go out drinking. Yes. I like that. And then during, before and after. Now and you then, mentioned beer. That that strikes a chord with me. So you know I'm a big beer guy. Are there any beers that are local to Bermuda that I've never had that I'm going to be able to try while I'm there? Yes, we have this lovely Mexican beer called Corona. I've had that. Oh, I got all excited. <laughs> oh no, no, we have a we have the a Bermudian uh, brewery. Oh, awesome! Uh, I have to go there. And it's called On the Rock, I think it's called. Um, and we oh. actually on draft at the sports bar upstairs. Awesome. That is, so, I might do that as soon as I land. Before I even tell you that I'm there, we're like, hey, I'm going to the brewery. <laughs> <laughs> now, the hotel looks just incredible. I mean, obviously, at Fairmont, I've been to a couple of Fairmonts. I was in Scotland um, late last year, got the chance to see the Fairmont St. Andrews. The general manager there is a one, a dear friend, and she's just an awesome lady. And she got the, gave me the opportunity to, to tour the property, and I got to see both golf courses and everything they have going on there. I've been at a couple of other Fairmonts. I used to live by the uh, Fairmont in Scottsdale, and this property obviously is just incredible. So talk a little bit more about the property. It takes up a lot of space for such a small island, but what the property is like, what kind of amenities you offer to hotel guests, and kind of what's, what's that look like? Uh, so we have six tennis courts down at the beach. Uh, the the beach uh, restaurant isn't open um, at this time of year. It's been so good just recently we could have had it open. Um, so you've got you've got the beach, uh, the tennis courts, then at the hotel we've got different restaurant options. There's a coffee bar um, on the bottom, uh, and then we have this big huge spa. Uh, so it's a it's a shame uh, Cheryl couldn't make it to uh, she could have experienced the spa, uh, and it, the spa's got an indoor pool and jacuzzi, and then we've got the best par three golf course in the world. I mean, so that that alone, like, what amenities do we have? Best par three golf course in the world? Any questions? Like, let's just right there. Like, you don't need a spa, you don't need tennis courts. <laughs> That's really cool. Now, on the golf course itself, how many holes can you see the ocean? One hole you can't see the ocean from. And that has that has a really cool water hazard, um, which we've we've shaved the bank. So that that that's a really uh, I I had this vision of trying to make the the golf course uh, more like Augusta after I'd been to Augusta a couple of times. Rub it um, in. I haven't been yet. Rub it in. You haven't been yet? Oh, you need no. to go. Well, I need, you don't to, go need to go. Done. No. Yeah. Well, next time Tiger wins, you can go. It could be it soon. very, very well, maybe this year. I'm just saying, it could vary. I think he's playing to peak in April. I'm, I'm just going to leave it at that. We could spend an hour talking about that. As long as he now, doesn't hit the and go back in the water, has it hit you fine? He hit 17 fairways two weeks ago. Think about that: 17 what? fairways in four rounds of golf. Oh, in four rounds. Okay, that's I'm that's rather than seven. Yeah, he didn't hit 17 greens. That's for sure. Before we uh, before we started this, I didn't tell you that the half an hour would fly by, and we're we're literally out of time. But I'm I'm not done yet. I got one more question, and then we're going to jump to the back nine. And I, I'm very again very excited to be coming to this event. And it's going to be just it's going to it's almost again it's surreal that I'm getting the chance to come to the island and see it firsthand. I'll be there Tuesday through Sunday. And on the fact that you got a brewery, I mean, how have I not looked that up? Like, how do I not know that? But um, so the golf course, I'm so excited to see the golf course and the layout. Like you talk about the water hazards and, and you know, one hole being, being straight uphill. Who designed the course and kind of what are, what are some of the signature holes 
practice and what should I be looking for in those holes that I'm going to want to take my picture on? Uh, so it wasn't designed by a, a name designer like Mid-Ocean was a Charles Blair McDonald, um, Port Royal was a Trent Jones design. So, it, it, But in 1972, uh, when it was built, it, it really was built kind of with a, as a premier golf course. So it, they put the, the latest uh, Bermuda grass on it, and it really was designed uh, very carefully. Uh, so there's lots of design features and I've tried to get those um, in the three years I've been there to kind of reveal them. So we talked about the hole that was very uphill. We uh, revealed the false front so that you, um, there are actually stories of people putting off the green and rolling down the hill 40 yards back and then chipping back up and then putting back off the green. Uh, so that's one of the, that's the fourth hole. Uh, and then the sixth hole, we put a new tee box to give you a better view uh, of where the, the water hazard is uh, on, on that hole. Uh, so it's just a really nicely designed golf course. Um, being a par three course, it doesn't have a huge amount of strategy to it because you're, it's not like you're going to aim there to get it to, to go there for your next shot. But certainly there's spots where it's, it's saying, you know, as I said on the, the hole, where, which you can't, the only hole where you can't see the ocean, although you can if you're standing on the green. So maybe pretty much every hole, you, there isn't a hole you can't see the ocean. <laughs> awesome. I take it all back. Now. That should be the tagline. There isn't uh, a hole you can't see the ocean. That's that's incredible. Yes. Now the green uh, speeds, are the greens fast? And do they hold? That's my that's my big thing. Because right now at Tiburon, the, the greens are so new that it's it's tough to get a, a ball to hold. Yeah, no, our greens are uh, – we're, we're built on, a, uh, uh, on sand. So it's got that perfect uh, – combination of really beautifully draining soil um but fairly receptive greens uh the greens at the moment are perfection the golf course is it's like literally being at augusta at the moment it really is people have uh, we had a local tournament on the golf course and people have gone wow that was amazing we're easily the best conditioned golf course on the island at the moment uh which is stay that cool. way <laughs> yes and oh we'll do it'll get even better uh we have to be a little bit careful with the green speeds because of the wind so we could push them and get them to 12 or 13. Uh, but we'd have to be careful because if it gets windy, then uh, you'd struggle to keep the ball on the green. So um, if we get a forecast without too much wind, uh, we'll push the greens. Um, and if we've got a bit of wind going, we'll have to be conservative and they'll just have to be 11. Um, on the so what's, what's the weather going to be like that week? Like typically, like is it going to be cold? I, the first person I told that I was going when I was going, they're like, "Oh, you're going to, have to take a take a jacket. It's freezing that time of year." And I'm like, "Oh no, I was I was I was in shorts and a shirt on <laughs> yesterday." Okay, good. Okay, good. The, the air conditioning's out in the golf shop, and I'm going. Oh, this is hot in here, <laughs> so it's uh, you know it's it's hot uh, today. It was, um, but it can get cool. Uh, so, uh, but I always say the story of people. Uh, what what is it? When do I sell my most pairs of shorts? In January and February, when people come down, assuming it's going to be cool, the sun comes out and they go, hey, I need to buy a pair of shorts. <laughs> and I'll sell on a nice weekend when it's warm uh, in January and February, I'll sell you know, a dozen, 20 pairs of shorts because people aren't <laughs> expecting the warmth. Well, Whereas I will tell you, I, I left my office today to go to the, to the bank and it was 95 when I got in my car. So, it, oh. yeah, that's winter here in Southwest Florida. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, hey, Paul, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been awesome. It's so fun just one seeing you and getting to learn more about the property. And I can't wait to see it. I'm going to be just walking around, taking every single thing in while I'm there on the island. But before I let you go this evening, we have this segment called the Back Nine. It's just nine fun, random golf questions. Well, not all golf because like three of them aren't golf. But are you ready for your Back Nine? I'm ready. What is your favorite restaurant on the island? There's a lot of them, I'm sure. But what's your favorite? Hands down the water lot, uh, which is where we'll try, try and hang out there. It's the best you'll ever go to in your whole life. Well, then that's where we need to have dinner on Tuesday. Then that, I mean, that right there, like that, I maybe it might have been a trick question just to get you to tell me so we can go there for dinner. <laughs> I assume you have a bunch, but how many hole in ones do you have? I only had one 25 years ago. Are you serious? Only one? And last Thursday, I hit it to like a millimeter. Um, still one on the skin, so I was happy. <laughs> That's awesome. What's your favorite golf movie? Golf movie. I well, I think probably the opposite. I hate the ones where it's every stupid uh, story comes out in it. So it's it. So it's it's those kind of um, those where it's just you know what's going to happen next. Um, I don't think there are any really good golf movies. In fairness, apart from obviously the obvious one. Well, Caddyshack is obviously a popular choice. Happy Gilmore. I really liked Tommy's Honor, and I liked it because I was going to St. Andrews, and I watched it right before I went, and it 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 was a really really well done movie, and it was even better knowing that the majority, if not all, of that movie was not even filmed at the old course. They did it down the street, basically. So it was really interesting to see, and from a historical perspective. But there's there there isn't hasn't been recently in the last 10, 15 years, a good story, a good golf story. And you would think with a, a game that has so much history that there would be just somebody like, not, I mean, I, I say like a Spielberg or whatever, like we'll grab it and just make an epic golf film, but that just, it hasn't happened yet. So maybe one day. What golf ball are you currently playing? Uh, Pro V1X. Uh, but I've now currently run out of golf balls, so it's whatever I find. <laughs> now, my ex- should I expect to lose a lot of golf balls on this golf course? I mean, I'll, I'll pack accordingly, like two dozen or more. But should I be okay? You shouldn't do, but you, it, it's like playing, uh, like gambling. I mean, you, you can go rounds and you'll not lose a golf ball, and then you'll lose six in two holes. I lost three yesterday in five holes. So, well, five holes in a tee shot. <laughs> Now, obviously, you're originally from the UK. There, there are a lot of pubs in London. I've been to London time and time again. I'm going again in a few months. What is your single favorite pub in London? Oh, single best. <laughs> I think they've all closed down now. I think they've all literally all closed down. I mean, all the all the pubs now they just they close them down and turn them into condos. Uh, so. There, there aren't any good ones left. I, there are some good ones. The Yeagle oh, Cheshire okay. Cheese Shop is good, and Old Co- to, I, I go to. I used to live in Richmond on Thames, and just by the river there, there's like a three or four great, great pubs um, that you can go to and and hang out there. But um, I mean, I've not really been out in London for a long time now, so I'm a bit out of touch. I can tell you all the good. I'll tell you to all the good ones in Bermuda. Okay, do that. Yeah, that's the next stop. Now, speaking of pubs, let's have a drink. I, I mean, I was drinking rum, not Bacardi. Unfortunately, I don't have any Bacardi, but I was drinking a spice rum that was really good. 
Beer, wine, whiskey, rum. What's your what's your drink of choice? Um, all of the above. Obviously, Grey Goose um, is the uh, is the one to be drinking now. Uh, I, I don't like white wine and red wine, um, but Grey Goose now is the drink of choice. Awesome. Now there are every tourist stop. There are destinations that you have to see. These tourist traps, the must see, must go, must do. What is the biggest and most overrated tourist trap in Bermuda? Overrated. Um, there's nothing overrated. Everything it's uh, everything's pretty good in Bermuda, really. It's you just have to understand it's on a slightly smaller scale uh, than than anything else. So you know, you, we have an aquarium and zoo, and you know, it's not got that many exhibits because it's a Bermuda, right? It's you know, it's not that big. Um, but it's still really cool. So there's no, nothing in Bermuda is overrated, but you just have to understand it's on a slightly smaller scale. I dig that. Now, maybe the most important question of the evening, and be very careful how you answer this. Do you think Tiger breaks Jack's record? Why or why not? Uh, so I think, first of all, I've got to say how impressed I am with Tiger Woods um, and how strong he is now. Crazy. Uh, like how on earth has he managed to get stronger than he's ever been before uh now um and i, I to kind of sidebar the uh, greg rose of tpi went to his seminar at the pga show and he's gone there's only there's only one thing that's really important if you want to be on the pga tour that's power you need to hit a long way i'm kind of really impressed that he's gone down that route of really just focusing on just him as far as he possibly can um because that's what his edge always was and he needs to do that otherwise you're just never gonna be anywhere near the top so yeah wouldn't it be wonderful and i'd, I'd really love to see him become do a dominant force again uh i just think there's so many other guys out there that just aren't scared of any him anymore that that's the reason why he's not going to do it not because he doesn't have the talent or the ability it's just the fact there's a dozen other guys there. Um, I mean, how can uh, Rory McIlroy, isn't it? I don't think he's even quite in the top 10. I mean, and you think, but there's, so there's 10 guys better than Rory McIlroy out there. So but how at the same time, if Tiger's standing next to Rory or Jordan or Dustin on Sunday at Augusta on the first tee, tied for the lead, they're not scared of him, but there's no question that those guys would be like, I'm playing for second because I'm playing with Tiger. And I look at the stat, and this is a this stat boggles my mind. Tiger's 42 and has missed 17 cuts in his career. Jordan is 23 and has missed 18 cuts. Now, granted, Jordan plays a lot more than Tiger ever did, and but the difference there is absurd that the consistency and the number of cuts that Tiger missed in the last 36 months has been more than he ever missed in his career combined. And I just I can't think that he's done, and I think that he's honestly setting himself up for the single biggest comeback in professional sports if he can get back and give him five years playing healthy. I honestly think that he can break it. So that's good, good insight, though. And, and the number of, there are there's 110 guys that could beat him, can beat anybody on any given week. So I think that that's a good good thought process of of what if he doesn't why he doesn't because and i honestly think that those guys those 110 guys that could compete with him he made them better to where they could compete with him 
that it was partly his fault that they're as good as they are. Yes. But Andre Agassi did it, didn't he? He came back. So there's, I mean, there's a lot of history of people coming back for the second half of their career and coming back stronger than they've ever done before. Uh, and as you say, if you're paired with Tiger Woods in the Masters, you, it's going to be really tough to uh, beat Tiger Woods. Problem is, there's three other groups you could be up in, um, and they're not going to be scared of him. Uh, you know, I, Pebble I, was an example of that this this week, wasn't it? The guy's not scared of winning. No one's scared of winning anymore. I I think that it could be, and I, Chip Essig was on this show um, a handful of months ago, and I asked. I mean, I asked everybody that question, and he said that. If Tiger wins one more, he breaks the record. But if he wins one more major, that'll be the, the inspiration he needs to, to light the fire. And think about this. He's won. Tiger has won on tour since Phil Mickelson has won on tour. That's another cool stat. I mean, Phil's getting – I mean, he's in his mid-40s now. And I just – I think that it could be really cool if he I, if he could win just one this year, like how neat that would be. But, but they just announced that St. Andrews is going to host the 150th Open Championship wouldn't that be a place, a place that he could win hitting three iron off the tee if he could win the 150th Open Championship to be the tournament that broke the record? How good would that be? Like, that could that would be, be amazing. That, yeah, that would, I think that if he wins another tournament, he breaks the internet, but that could just break everything. I mean, that could just be unbelievable. He makes that putt on 18 and, oh man, crazy. And your final question of your hashtag Wednesday match play is what's next? I mean, you got the Grey Goose Par 3 coming up, but what's next for you and your career? Uh, well, we've still got a few other things uh, to, to do at Fairmont. Uh, we've, uh, there's, uh, have you heard of Fling Golf? Oh, yes. Uh, so uh, we got Fling Golf sticks. Uh, I'd like to make foot golf. Uh, we've been in discussion to try and maybe get a, a world foot golf championships uh, cool. going. I've got to do the other nine holes uh, with foot golf, with um, the foot golf holes uh, to it. So uh, I've got a bunch more stuff still to to do at uh, Fairmont Southampton. And uh, I always keep finding cool things to, to buy in the golf shop and uh, cool teaching aids, etc. So I'd like to do a bit more coaching once the Grey Goose is uh, done. I've got the new Blast Golf. Uh, uh, thing I don't know you've seen that yet, Ricky. Yes. Um, and I, I'm kind of I'm excited to just try that with my own game uh, and get my tempo going. So, yeah, there's a bunch of cool stuff still to go on. That's awesome. Well, you are always a busy person. It's always good to follow along to see what you're doing on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And you got a lot of things moving. I cannot wait to get to Bermuda. It's only a few weeks now. I got to go to Savannah first for a work thing, but. Then I'm headed to the island, and I am pumped to just experience everything, including the golf course, and to be able to just hang out with you for a few days and to experience that whole thing. So I, uh, I know that the Tourism uh, Bureau there in Bermuda does a great job promoting everything going on there, and, and I've been trying to connect with them to also help promote both the island itself, not just this event and the golf, uh, the golf uh, tournament. So it's very exciting to have that all kind of culminate. I'm glad that we were able to get you on this show before that, and like I said, any chance we can have to have anybody, whether it's Charlie or maybe your your superintendent or whoever, I'm always happy to have you and anybody else back on this show to promote anything happening at Turtle Hill Golf Club. And this episode is going to be it's going to be on YouTube, it's going to be on iTunes, it's going to be on Google Play, it'll be on SoundCloud, it's going to be all over the place. So any chance that you want to be able to see this or listen to this, please check it out. If you haven't subscribed yet, 
to the YouTube channel. Do that down below. Would love to have your support of the hashtag Wednesday Match Play presented by Eat Sleep Golf. And as always on the hashtag Wednesday Match Plays, you have to remember to eat, sleep, golf.